Listen, when Lloyd A. Thompson and Mad Mike grab mics, it's real sports, real talk. On the field or on the court. If it happened in New York, it's covered like a blanket, dog. Interviews are ill, simply up close and personal. Batter up, Lloyd's batting first, set the tone. Mike see the right the stadium with a guard and on the phone. Here we go, Giants of Jets, Yankees of Mets, Knicks of Nets. This is only an intro, the show is next. A-O-B! Here we go! An all-new episode of the Lloyd A. Thompson and Mad Mike Sports Talk Show. Listeners, today is Monday, September 10th, 2018, and the show airs on Mondays from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and of course, yours truly, LloydAThompson.com. So be sure to hit that subscribe button so you won't miss a damn thing and me and the man michael also on social media lloyd a thompson one word twitter lloyd a thompson one word instagram l-l-o-y-d be sure to hit that follow button and if you have any questions that you like for me and the man mike to answer on this show you can always shoot them through email to lloyd at parkmyfresh.com or send them directly to the website as always listeners we have a very exciting show for you today the new york jets are kicking off their season later this evening on monday night football we're going to touch up on that the new york football giants had their first season game in which they suffered the loss me and Matt mike are going to talk about that as well and we're going to talk about the colin kaepernick nike ad that nike dropped and surprised a lot of people would so we're going to touch up on that so as always guys let's buckle up sit back and relax and start spreading the news hey yo b let's get it Ladies and gentlemen, it's Monday. That means it's time to talk sports with Lloyd A. Thompson and Mad Mike. Let's go. As always, we got to find out where the Mad Mike is and where he's calling from. Yo, Mad Mike, where you at today, baby? Lloyd, I'm uh, Motown bound. I'm uh, just gearing up for this uh, Sam Darnold kid. You know, uh, supposedly the Jets got a good one, right? That's what the word on the street is. You know what? That word on the street is an accurate statement as I got a chance, the opportunity to see that young man play in the preseason. And like I've been telling everybody thus far, Mad Mike, he fits or the Jets fit their offensive system around him. And that's perfect. And I think the Jets defense is good enough. And I think their their offensive system around Sam Donald is good enough. Where again, I have the Jets making the playoffs. I got them going. My, you know, if I look into my crystal ball right now, Matt Mike, and I know it's getting ahead of everything. I got the Jets finishing nine and seven, possibly ten and six on the season. And if they finish nine and seven, I think that'd be good enough to secure one of the wild card spots. I don't necessarily think they're going to win a division because New England is New England, but I think that they have a very good shot at earning one of those wild card spots. And this is coming from a person that's not really a big Jets fan, but, you know, all in all, I'm a football fan, and on this show, we're supposed to be subjective to everything. And I'm just calling a spade, you know, spade is spade, man. This is a good, hopefully this looks like a solid football team, man, Mike. If if they can figure out the pass rush, I I won't say you're out of your mind. I I won't even call it crazy. If they can figure out this pass rush, I think they have enough talent to do so. 
um, when you consider uh, teams like uh, Pittsburgh going through it with, uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Case Keenum, you know, Denver won, but Case Keenum didn't look very good. So when, when you figure all of these issues with some of these AFC teams, um, how incomplete those rosters are, uh, you're not you're not wrong. I mean, if everything breaks right, uh, I, I don't doubt it. Now, Ben, we're talking about the Jets. The Jets have a game later this evening, Monday Night Football against the Detroit Lions. And it's unusual for an NFL team to feature two running backs, but the Lions could be utilizing as many as four in this game later this evening when they meet the Jets in the season opener for both teams. Now, when they ask Coach Todd Bowles, he went as far as to say to describe the Lions' backfield as a four-headed monster capable of causing a nightmare. So Detroit has LeGarrette Blount, they have Theo Reddick, they have Amir Abdullah, and they have Kerryon Johnson to offer, you know, a deep and versatile rotation of backs the Lions plan to use this year. So, you know, it said that in their backfield they try to get as much competition as possible. And we all know that Matt Patricia is a coach. And that's not a bad quartet of running backs to have is each guy is a bit different, which is good, and it gives them a variance to use them instead of having the four same guys that don't affect the defense as much, Mad Mike. So Yeah, um Go ahead. Yo, no, gay, gay. No, I was gonna say I, I know that everyone's selling that as a four or as a quartet. I don't think you're gonna see much from Amir Abdullah. I think that um he's the fourth guy. I think they're not gonna waste too much uh time with him. But I will say this, LeGarrette Blunt is the kind of guy that, that, that the Jets probably won't struggle with. Um, he's pretty slow, he's a bruiser, and the Jets are pretty solid um, up the middle and on the line. Uh, to me, I think where the Jets are going to struggle is what they normally struggle with, a guy like Theo Riddick and a guy like Kerryon Johnson, um, who are both going to be uh, edge guys, who are both going to be utilized as underneath guys in a passing game. Um, I think that's where the Jets are going to um, struggle. Um, maybe Darren Lee proves me wrong. Maybe, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't, I mean, I don't even, honestly don't even know who they're, they're starting at, at, uh, outside linebacker yet. Jordan Jenkins will be one, but I'm not sure who's starting on the other side of him. So we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but I think that's where, um, just like the Giants yesterday, I think that's where, where, uh, Detroit's going to expose the Jets on the edges. Um, they're going to, they're going to. You know, attack those edges. I like Jordan Jenkins a lot, but here's what I'm going to say, Matt Mike. This is what probably impresses me more than anything else on this Jets team, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Now, it's commonly known that the Jets have tried to build a wide receiver group centered around size. Yep. Now, every receiver on a Jets roster is 6'2 or taller. And even with that extraordinary amount of plus size on the outside, this team doesn't have a tight end. Yes, they do. You'll see it. You're going to see it. You're, you're going to see it. They do. Okay. Now, I you're going to see it, Chris. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, you're going to see it. Um, Chris Herndon, they, 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 I don't know if you saw over the weekend, they released Lawrence Thomas, um, a guy who I really like, Dimitri Flowers. Uh, um, I thought they were going to use him more in the H-back role. I thought that they, uh, you know, Todd Bowles lacks the creativity for a guy like Flowers to flourish, which is why he, he struggled so mightily um, in the preseason. But that's how they're going to use Chris Herndon. They want to use him as the inline fullback um, and tight end sets. Um, so the weapon I thought Flowers was going to be, it looks like maybe Chris Herndon is going to be that um, that weapon. 
kid can play ball. Um, it's just a matter of uh, hoping he's over his ankle issue from from the preseason. And um, you know, we'll see. I, I now also when I, like when I speak on that, man, Mike. I just speak on an unknown, you know, quantity yeah, yeah, of, you're of right. the guys that they have. Yeah, no, you're 100 percent right. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not questioning that. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you from a from a use and, and potential use. I think they have them there, um, and I think we'll see more of it as as the offenses get more creative. Um, you know, in the regular season, but yeah, you're, you're, I'm not going to argue with you on that. Yeah, you're right. Until we see it, um, it doesn't exist. Right. I just you know think I mean? that their receiving core. I think they have plenty of athleticism, and I think that they have speed across the board, especially in Quincy and Nunwa. I'm just so enamored with Quincy Nunwa. I think Quincy and Nunwa is a beast, and I think Terrell Pryor was a big pickup, and then you throw in Robbie Anderson, and then also you got to throw in Jermaine Curse. Yeah, and when you when you you know when you put those guys together, Matt Mike, when you put those guys, that's not a bad receiving core at all. No, it's the one thing I've been telling everybody. You know, we can continue to say uh, the Jets don't have a true number one receiver. Um, I beg to differ. I know Terrell Pryor is a lot of upside. He hasn't fully done it, but he does have a thousand yard season under his belt. He's kind of shown. Um, yeah, he can do everything. He can play, you know, underneath. He can play outside. He's a red zone target, uh, 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 you know, a lot of potential there to build on. But the one thing, like you just mentioned, this team has four receivers that, that are 800-yard guys. It's the only wide receiver crew in all of football to have four guys with 800-yard seasons under their belt. So if you, if you tell me, what, what you know, you saw what happened with, with Dak Prescott uh, and, and you see it with a few other young guys, they don't want, they don't want. Let's say Des Bryant. Why is Des Bryant not there? He's too big, too much ego. He needs the ball. Too much pressure on Dak to zone in on on one guy, right? So what did the Jets do? They said, here's four guys with 800 yard seasons under their belt, four reliable pass catchers, uh, no egos, and no one is a clear number one. Go out there and distribute the ball. And and to me, I think that's the right way to raise a, a rookie quarterback, don't you? I mean, now it kind of shows us why they didn't go out and get a big-time ego wide receiver. Let Darnold establish himself this year, and next year let's go get him that piece to, to kind of bring this all together. Right. I mean, let's face it, man, Mike. I don't think that the Jets, the Jets weren't a great run defense in 2017. But I do think that they have a formidable space seat in the middle and Steve McClendon, Leonard Williams, is a Jets' best lineman, and Avery Williamson is a reliable tackler. Darren Lee is taking heat recently, but I think that the Jets' defense is good enough, good enough to keep this team in games and to sneak some wins out. I'm actually very excited to see this team play. I was very disappointed in my team, the New York Giants. After they suffered a 20 to 15 loss against the Jacksonville Jaguars, which we'll touch up on after we talk about the Jets. There's, there's just, you know, oh man, I'm at a loss of words with the Giants. But we'll get to that in a second. I hope I don't have a, a mental breakdown and lose my nugget when we start talking about the Giants and Eric Flowers. But let's just get Bro, back. I mean, we. I was going to say, we could go there. I really only have one more thought on the um, on the Jets as far as their defense goes. 
Um, a key for me is is Darren Lee. I know, like you said, he's come under fire, but the problem is Darren Lee. Just it, to me, Darren Lee is like Eli Apple, right? Except uh, he's not the the locker room cancer that Eli Apple seems to be. What I say when when he reminds me of Eli Apple, he reminds me of a guy who who flashes, or or you see the talent that's in there. But he's just never consistent. And I don't know if it's it's a lack of work ethic. Um, you know, we, we, we know that he was a safety coming out of high school. He was a, he was a DB uh, recruit who, who moved to linebacker. Um, and, and obviously he was gifted enough as a linebacker to become a first-round pick. But to me, I always question, you know, uh, uh, his size was always a question. Was he going to get pancaked? Was he going to be able to shed blockers? Um, was he going to, you know, was he going to be able to use his speed? Was his lack of size going to, you know, negate the, the, the sideline to sideline speed as a middle linebacker he showed? And so far, uh, I think you can say that that's been more of a problem for him. Um, and, and that's not what you want. So I, I do like the idea the Jets have, have kind of put out there that they might use uh, three safety sets where, you know, they, they, they bring uh uh, Jamal Adams in to, to more of a linebacker role. To me, that would that would have to push Darren Lee more to an outside linebacker role or pass rush role where he can use his speed and hopefully that speed kind of like a, a Dwight Freeney type where he, he's just too fast to get blocked off of a plate or get stuck on a blocker. But um, outside of that, I, I don't know what to say. Um, he's the key to me. He, he really is. And I know you said Jordan Jenkins, you liked him. Um, I like Jordan Jenkins too. I think that Jordan Jenkins is a, is a good weak side guy. Um, but they're going to have to get that 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 real pass rusher uh, before you see what Jordan Jenkins really can do. He's more of a compliment, but I think that he's a top he's a top tier compliment on the outside. I did, you know what I mean? Like last year, he 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 was one of the the team leaders in QB hits and QB pressures, but no sacks. You know what I mean? I think they said he had two and a half sacks. So he needs that other pass rusher to kind of roll the quarterback to Jenkins where Jenkins can start seeing seasons of six and seven sacks without that guy Jenkins is just going to look like you know he's a tough hard-nosed player that's not getting the results oh boy here we go moving on (laughs) to the New York football Giants Matt Mike the New York football Giants started their season off yesterday with a 20 to 15 loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars And when it was over, with what felt like a gigantic, wasted opportunity was finally official. When at last the Giants did not have to knock heads with anyone with perhaps the best NFL defense. Eli Manning was quoted as saying this, Matt Mike. I quote Eli Manning. We can get things going and we can play at a high level. 37-year-old quarterback said, we will make it work. Will they? Will the Giants be able to look back on yesterday's game, a 20-15 loss to the Jaguars? Now the conditions were cool and it was soggy at MetLife Stadium. And uncover evidence that they're on the right track? Pat Shermer witnessed his first game as a head coach. The same as Tom Coughlin and Ben McAdoo. And what they've learned in recent years, man, Mike, that a substandard offensive line 
Low Lighted by Eric Flowers. Now, I feel... I, I, mud pie to the face on my part. I feel this is a man, or this is a young man, listeners, that I was giving props to. And man, Mike told me don't fall for the okie doke. He said, Lloyd, don't fall for it. New position, same slop. He's hot caca. And caca is a word I use for another word that I don't want to use on air. He ruins most everything. One touchdown is not going to cut it, Mad Mike. Nope. He's a flaming poop emoji. <laughs> now, look. That one touchdown I thought was a brilliant 68 one. 68-yard run by Saquon Barkley. Now, that, if you, listen, man, Mike, that run included an outrageous jump cut. And he exhibited sprinter speed down the sideline. But other than that one highlight run, man, Mike, now let's point out that Barkley had 18 carries for 106 yards. He was mortal in his debut. I thought Odell Beckham Jr. in his first game in nearly a year, he caught 11 passes for 111 yards, and he was often matched up against Jalen Ramsey, one of the league's top cornerbacks. He did Odell things. Although he never busted through the Superior Jaguars defense for one of those uplisting bursts that the team needed, he was open on a pass to Eli Manning. There was a couple... Pass interference calls that I thought he might have been able to get to the ball. That Jacksonville did the right move and prevented him from doing so. And there was another play that Eli Manning had him open and he overthrew him. Hey, yeah, but, 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 but yeah, I wanted to touch on that. That's not Eli's fault. Go If you go back and look at that play. Oh, he had, no, he had pressure. Forced. He had pressure on him. He had yes, to get rid of the ball forced. a lot sooner. He, he, yes. And it was, was a bad snap. And, and yeah, that, that's I want to be fair to Eli because everyone's gonna say he missed the touchdown pass, blah blah blah. But you got to look at the pressure. Um, he was forced to throw the ball uh, faster than he wanted to, and you you know like I know when that ball comes out early, it's more of a guessing game and hoping that your guy gets to it than it is you know a, a, a time and play. And you know the, if you ask me, the pressure was just on him. Um, it was on him too much, yet again. Now, look, here's the thing. Speaking of Jalen Ramsey and Odell Beckham Jr., I was speaking to my brother and my brother-in-law, Mad Mike, and Odell Beckham Jr. and Antonio's Brown name came up. And me watching, and I said, Julio Jones is a beast, by the way. He's a beast. <laughs> he's a beast. That 169 yards, if you don't know any better, he's a beast. But I feel, again, that Odell Beckham Jr. is the best route runner in the NFL. And if you was watching that game yesterday against the Jacksonville Jaguars, he had a few routes where he was making Jalen Ramsey look foolish. He was making him look foolish. I love Odell Beckham Jr. Love him. But I thought that this could have possibly been, Mad Mike, 
too much too soon for the Giants' rebuilt offensive line. Now, going against such a rugged defensive front, the Giants trailed 13-6 at halftime and 29 early in the fourth quarter after linebacker Miles Jack waltzed in on a 32-yard interception return. That was all about Manning's protection again. Oh, what? Who, who got blown by in that play? Number 74 got blown up. Look at Eli Manning's arm. When, when, when he went to throw that ball, there was an arm raked across his chest uh, by the defender, who will remain nameless, who beat number 74, who will also remain nameless. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it out there. I'm dropping down, man, Mike. Yannick Najoku beat Eric Flowers so quickly that when Eli Manning received the snap, he was immediately under siege and forced to step up in the pocket into danger. Right guard Patrick Amome, he could not contain nose tackle Aubrey Jones, who reached up and deflected the pass intended for Saquon Barkley into the air where Jack was waiting there with his open arms like he was catching a soft roll of toilet paper. This offensive line has got to get better. I've seen inefficiencies from everybody on the line today, Matt Mike. Nate Solder, the money man, he got beat. Calais Campbell was chewing him up when he was on this side. Calais Campbell was chewing up Eric Flowers when he was on that side. Patrick Amome, yeah. not no, most notably known as being a run blocker. The Giants didn't run the ball outside of that run from Saquon Barkley, man. Mike, they didn't do much of nothing. And and and, and let's be let's be very clear, everybody. Saquon Barkley ran at 68 yards. He did it all by himself. He broke one tackle behind the line and two more tackles on his way to a 68-yard touchdown. He did that by himself. There was not one giant offensive lineman that was a cause of that. It was all him, 110% Saquon Barkley. Now, that one play of brilliance, Matt Mike, pulled the Giants with their 20-15 with 10-39 left to go in the game. They went for a two-point conversion, and Barkley ran into the defender, and I thought he was going to push across the line, but then that one defender held him up enough to get some help to stop him. So he ended up having to try to run through three defenders. And all this young man is a strong kid. That wasn't going to happen. Nope. It was the right play to make. You had to go for the two-point conversion because what it would have did was it would have made it a three-point game. Somebody, yo, not for nothing, somebody else I want to call out. Um, Kareem Martin, bro. That's his name, right? Kareem Martin? Yeah. Terrible game. It, 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 terrible game. I know that OV was hurt, uh, but awful, awful game. Um, he, he, he was misreading. Uh, I, I believe Blake Burroughs had a 41-yard uh, rush, longest of his career. Kareem Martin misread the, the, the quarterback read. And, and went after the running back, and he left the whole the whole. There was nothing but space, nothing but but uh, uh, a huge lane in front of Blake Bortles. All he, I mean, he could have jogged through it. Really, um, he had a bad game. It was clear that that Jacksonville was targeting the edges for the Giants. And this is what I was telling you: it's the same problem I have with the Jets. Um, when you want to play a three-four, you have to contain on the edge. If you can't contain on the edge, then you, you have 4-3 personnel, and the Giants, that's, that's what worried me. Remember, I told you that. 
I was concerned that they weren't going to get a consistent pass rush from from their edge. They weren't going to get consistent run stuffing from their edge. And Lorenzo Carter, he looked he looked good uh, yesterday, um, but it's not enough yet. He's not ready. You, you know, he's not at that star level, prime time player position yet. Um, and you got to get there. But for a team that has Super Bowl aspirations in the next year or two, he's got to be there already. You know what I mean? Like, and it just that, goes that, to that, show how much they how much they miss Olivier Vernon, man, Mike. Yeah, but you want to know what? Did, didn't we have this conversation last year You can't, you, with, with JVP and Olivier Vernon? They have to come off the field. You have to be able to take them off the field or you're going to burn them out. And, and from what I saw yesterday, Olivier, Olivier Vernon is going to have to play 95% of all giant snaps this year. It's not going to work out, man. It's just not. It's, to me personally, uh, Alec Ogletree, uh, he didn't get um, – you know what? I'm not going to say he didn't get exposed. Because Blake Bortles missed a lot of throws yesterday. He That's did. the other thing. He, he missed a lot of throws. He had a touchdown to ASJ in the corner, uh, you know, going into the end zone. Uh, I, I believe, uh, I want to say uh, it, it was Janoris Jenkins actually came with an amazing uh, breakup, uh, pass breakup. But look at the ball. If that ball goes over the top, um, over over the tight end shoulder, you have a touchdown. The fact of the matter is he threw it on a, on a low line and tried to put it in his chest. And it allowed Jenkins, uh, who was badly beat, to pull up and undercut the throw. So, uh, you know, and there we're was a talking few about other, the same quarterback, man, Mike, that Jalen Ramsey gave props to. And I get it. Oh, his I, quarterback, I told you, he's a hypocrite. But he's if you want any type of credibility for that whole article that you spewed out of your mouth, this is what your court. This is what you have to deal with as your quarterback for yeah, the entire I, season. I, and, and, you know, it's funny because that's exactly what, what I was saying. I was I was on a, on a horn with, with Joe Rivera, and I was just like, yo, can you believe how bad this guy is? Like, that 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 first Jordan Jenkins. And, and, and guys, I'm not hating on the Jets. I'm try, Giants, rather. I'm just trying to point out how bad um, Blake Bortles is. That first Jordan Jenkins uh, interception, he made a hell of a play. It is a hell of a play to, to, to make that interception. But he was beat by a yard and a half, bro. If that throw went where it was supposed to go, a better quarterback, Tom Brady, he's got himself a touchdown. That, that, that's just facts of the matter. And, and, and once again, can't knock the Giants because a turnover is a turnover. Jordan Jenkins did exactly what he was supposed to do, but there's two plays right there where, where, the, where, where Jacksonville comes away with no points, and it really should be 14 points on the board. And that's why I don't think the, the Jaguars should be taken serious. I mean, yeah, they have a hell of a defense, but, you know, the they have a quarterback issue, and Jalen Ramsey is going to have to admit to that at some point. Um, I, I do like what I saw from Eli Manning, man. Um, I know he had to pick six, but we already we already agreed pick six wasn't necessarily on him. Um, I, I did like some stuff that I saw from Pat Shermer putting Eli on a move. He's not a mobile quarterback. He was just changing his spot in the pocket, um, opening up better throwing lanes for him. It looked like it can work. But here's the problem, and um, I don't know if maybe me and you spoke about it, but um, I, I always thought the Giants were going to be able to move the ball. Um, you, you, you know, Sterling Shepard looked like he's ready to, to take over as a number two. Um, but I, I always thought that, that that offensive line was going to give them issues. Um, I always thought that, hey, you're going to get those sacks, you're going to get those, those hurries, those pressures, because of this offensive line that's going to end up stalling a lot of drives. So... We see an offense that's, that's elite, and that should be putting up 28, 30 points a game. 
but I think you're going to see more or less 24, 21, 20 points a game because of that offensive line. And you saw it all game yesterday. Not only that, man, Mike, there was a there were tons of drops. Evan Engle dropped Evan Engle dropped like three or four passes. Sterling Shepard dropped a big pass. It was a third down conversion. He dropped a pass. Despite having a decent day. You can't oh. do that. You can't yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah. Your tight end uh played like like his end was tight, if you know what I'm talking about, oh. because he he was dropping everything, dude. Everything. He had the he had the ass pucker factor going where, where everything where he just seemed like like he was more concerned with what was coming at him defensively than securing the catch because he had way I think he had I think he had three drops. They, you're not going to get three drops counted against them because you know the penalties, um, the pass interference and. Uh, Incidental contact or whatever the hell they call it, but um, he have he just had balls that he's he still hit his that, hands you know. even on those plays, Matt Mike. Catch the damn ball, catch the ball. Yes. You want to be considered elite? You want to talk about all preseason um, and off season how, how you're ready to take that next step? Um, you you don't take that next step if you're not catching. Oh, and, and I just thing. feel bad. Get Matt Mike. Bro. I'm sorry. Get no, 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 no. Go. I was gonna say. I, I feel bad for Eli Manning because he's doing everything he can under pressure. Drops continue to plague this team. And, and, and offensive line, you know, uh, missed blocks just continue to, to, to deflate Eli Manning. I mean, I don't, and, and you know, I'm not an Eli Manning fan. I think he's, he's more overrated than anything. Um, I think he's closer to overrated than he is Hall of Famer, in my opinion. But at the same time, it's hard to watch a game like yesterday and, and not feel bad for him and say, man, this guy gave you every opportunity and, and you guys just buried him. Here's the thing, man, Mike, and I'm glad you brought up Eli Manning because that's where I was going before I rudely cut you off. We had this talk about why didn't the Jets draft a quarterback? And if Eli Manning still had it. Well, you know what? If yesterday... Didn't tell you anything. It showed you that that is exactly the case. That he still has it. He still has it. If you can, he's just not a mobile quarterback. I agree with you, and I've said this before. I think he's very overrated. There was a poll. I don't think he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. I'll take him off a half, over half the quarterbacks in the NFL. Listen, if. if if Jacksonville can have Super Bowl aspirations with Blake Bortles, then the New York, New York Giants can have Super Bowl aspirations with a two-time Super Bowl MVP. I mean, if you with Jalen Ramsey saying what Jalen Ramsey said about Eli Manning, and he had the choice to choose Eli Manning or Blake Bortles as his quarterback on this current team right now, he'll be a fool if he doesn't say, "I'll take Eli Manning." He'll be a fool. Yes, he would. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to give our grades for the New York Giants in game one of their season opener. And we're going to touch up on this Colin Kaepernick issue as he did it as Nike came out with an ad with Colin Kaepernick's face on it. And it came from out of nowhere. A lot of people weren't expecting it. 
So I've had a few of our listeners say, hey, we want you and the Mad Mike to touch up on that. So when we come back, we're going to touch up on that. So we'll be right back with more of the Lloyd A. Thompson and Mad Mike Sports Talk Show. Happy Monday, ladies and gentlemen. This is A.O. Baker from Part of My Fresh. Thank you for checking out the Lloyd A. Thompson and Mad Mike Sports Show. The podcast drops every single Monday. You can find new episodes at LloydAThompson.com as well as PartOfMyFresh.com. Now, also on PartOfMyFresh.com, you can find a brand new song from Travis Mendez and Sneaky Beans. It's called The Hard Way. And right now, I want to play you just a little snippet, just a taste. You can find it everywhere, Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal. Check it out at PartOfMyFresh.com if you like it. And then after the song is done, we're going to get right back to Lloyd and Mad Mike. Let's go. Yeah. Thompson and Mad Mike Sports Talk Show. Before we went to the break, I was saying that me and Mad Mike are gonna give our our grades on the New York Giants team after their first loss of the regular season. Now let's start off with the offense, Mad Mike. The first of many to come. Shots fired. Absolutely a nightmarish start. It was bordering comical. Eric Flowers had two penalties on the first three plays. He was brutal. Eli Manning, he started hot. He completed his first 10 passes. Cooled off a little bit. But let's face it, Matt Mike, we both agreed that he played a good game. He finished 23-37 for 224 yards. He had a tip pass for interception, which we both agreed wasn't his fault that resulted and a Jacksonville Jaguars touchdown. Odell Beckham, his first game back, after his new contract, 
making him the highest paid receiver in the NFL. $65 million guaranteed. $95 million overall. Five years. He had 11 catches for 111 yards. He's still always a threat. But he couldn't break loose, and that's okay. It's one game. Saquon Barkley had 18 carries for 106 yards. Now, that may be deceiving. He notched his first NFL TD on what we both agree was a 68-yard brilliant run. But he only averaged 2.2 yards on his other 17 rushes, man, Mike. He also was not much of a factor. He had two catches for 22 yards of receiver, but you don't expect him because of the other weapons that the Giants have. No, 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 I'm not going to give him that because you want to know what? That's one of the reasons that they really targeted him because they thought that he was going to really impact uh, the passing game, man. I'm not going to accept that because that's one of the things they said. One way to hide a bad offensive line is to use your running back in the passing game. And you saw that they couldn't even do that because of how bad that line is. Yeah, listen, man, our offensive line got no real push. They lost that battle in the trenches. And Eli Manning's pocket, offense shrunk. I'm giving the offense a D. D for doodle. <laughs> D for doodle. I'm, 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 I, listen, I, I want to... I, I want to give them a better grade. I do, but I'm going to give them a D um, because I thought the offensive line, I thought Eric Flowers himself. I, I don't know, you know, if you can give less than an F, I'd probably give him more like a Q. Um, but I, 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 the reason I say that I, I want to give them more is because they did go against maybe the number one defense in all the football t- uh, uh, in, in uh, Jacksonville. But I, I think that a D is fair because the offensive line struggled and not just, just flowers. He was awful, but Nate Solder struggled. Uh, they, they just didn't get the run blocking. The guards did not play well. And, and, uh, in between the, you know, in between the tackles, uh, on run plays in between the tackles, uh, you had a lot of drops. Like you said, Sterling Shepard looked like he's ready to break out, but, um, for every great play he made, he, he, he has a boneheaded drop and, you know, Eli, you can't ignore the pick six. So I, I'd say that uh, I think it's fair, man. I, I think it's fair to give them a D and say they still have a lot to show us offensively. Okay, now let's move on to the defense. But, hey, uh, Odell Beckham as an individual and, and Saquon as individuals, they get A's. They get A's, both of them played. You know, I, I know you mentioned the 2.1 yards per carry outside of the long run, but I think the long run shows you that, you know, he – He's going to have to do a lot on his own. Listen, Calais Campbell, he was reported saying is he can see Eli, I mean, Saquon Barkley being a Hall of Fame running back. And that's coming from one of the best defensive players in the league. So when you automatically start getting recognition like that from your peers, and these guys, it's coming from one of the best. It's not like it's coming from a scrub. You have to take that into account. As an athlete, when you when you do what you're doing, you know when somebody else has it. Yes. You know when somebody else doesn't. Yes. So I'll just put it at that. So let's move on to this defense, man, Mike. Leonard Fournette was tearing them up. They are so lucky. And they got a huge break 
when he went out of the game, when he left in the second quarter with a hamstring injury. He had nine before he did that. He had nine rushes for forty-one yards, and the Giants had trouble getting off the field early. But they pitched a shutout in the second half, despite Blake Bortles making some mistakes. And you gave praise to rookie linebacker Lorenzo Carter. This kid could possibly be the real deal, Matt Mike. And how crazy is this, Matt Mike? That Eli Apple played okay. They didn't go after him, which I'm surprised. But he played well, this okay. This is one of the weakest. This is one of the weakest uh, receiving groups in all of football. Oh, it's one, and the quarterback is weak. But I mean, yeah. you know, I gotta <laughs> take it where I can. If I'm gonna give this young man some credit, because I'm sure at some point, for the next 15 weeks, we could be tearing him a new one, man, Mike. I thought cornerback Norris Jenkins played well. And other than a 41-yard run by quarterback Blake Bortles. 41-yard run by the quarterback. Despite making the mistakes. And look, if it didn't happen, you can't go by what-ifs. The Jaguars was holding check on the ground after Leonard Fournette went out. I thought their defense played solid, considering a lot of three and outs that the offense was go- was doing. The offense had a lot of three and outs. This unit was on the field quite a bit, man, Mike. I'm going to give them a B minus, which in theory is a C plus. I'm not mad at that. I, I was gonna I was gonna say the same thing. Um... If you want to hold it against him that Leonard Fournette got hurt, you go in with a C plus. Um, and if, if if you say, hey, they can't control that, so they just went out and did what they're supposed to do. Um, yeah. Uh, and that's what I mean. That. You know, they, I'm also it, it considering all the missed opportunities that Jacksonville had in that game. Listen, the, the Jacksonville offense scored 13 points. Once again, like you just said, it, it just is what it is. You can only go off what 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 the the numbers say, and the numbers say the Giants' defense uh, played at an elite level. Um, and that one touchdown came on a defeat. You know, the touch one of their touchdowns came on a, a, a interception. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. They, the, de- defensively, the Giants only gave up 13 points. Um, one of them, the touchdown being to TJ Yeldon, where he beat the linebacker in space and, and caught the touchdown pass. But I, I, I mean, I, we can go both ways with it. We could look at it and say, man, this was a great, great, uh, performance. Like you just said, they didn't really go after Eli Apple, but at the same time, they don't have the kind of wide receiver group or quarterback that could uh, go after Eli Apple. The one good thing about that is, doesn't look like the Cowboys do either. So next week, Eli Apple should be safe. And they got a rusty uh-huh. passer better, man, Mike. One sack and four knockdowns is not going to crack it. They got to get to the quarterback. Got to. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right about that. But um, I, I, I saw enough to be concerned. Uh, me personally, I saw enough defensively for me to be concerned. Like I said, uh, the, the, the two underthrows that allowed Jenkins, who was beat on both plays, to, to recover. Um, those those turn into touchdowns with with the with the right throw and the right quarterback. 
Giants got to fix that because uh, a 20 to 15 loss could have easily been a blowout at 34 15. Um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see. But I'll give them a B, like you said. Uh, can't play the what if game. Defensively, they were stout. They only gave up 13 points and they didn't give up anything in the second half. Blake Bortles was, was pretty much um, on the run and everything was short and underneath. Secondary played great. Um, and they held uh, the run game in check after Fournette went out. But I do want to highlight that Leonard Fournette went out um, averaging 4.8 yards a carry, and next week uh, they have Ezekiel Elliott in that, that Dallas offensive line. Um, they better hope that uh, he pulls a hamstring, otherwise it can be a long day. Yeah. Now let's move on to the special teams. Kevin yeah. Clay was signed six days ago. To handle punt return duties. He muffs a punt in the last minute. Which prevented the offense from never getting on the field. And Eli uh, Manning, uh. let's face it, he has a history in the clutch in those situations as being very efficient. Not good. Not good. I will say Aldrick Rojas looks strong and confident. He hit field goals from 27, 31, and 44 yards. Riley Dixon got a fortunate bounce on a shaky punt. And his second punt traveled just 31 yards, Matt Mike, in the fourth quarter. And this is somebody that they used the draft pick that they traded for. Yeah, you know what I was going to I totally whipped on that. You know... Why do why do why do these when a guy kicks a ball thirty five yards as a punt returner fair catch the ball don't let it bounce go and get it why why did they let the, that ball bounce for about twenty five yards the ball bounced on on on, on in giant territory and kicked out all the way to the thirty five yard line of 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 Jacksonville like well, what are you doing I, I mean I'm I'm not I I know Rosas look good. But I'm, I don't care. I'm not giving them. They're getting an F for me because that fumble ended the game, essentially, um, when the Giants are only down by five. And Eli Manning in his 36 comeback wins doesn't even get a chance at number 37. You get an F for me. The fact that the punter, like you said, shanked one and, and, and caught another one about 30, 40 yards, less than 40 yards, and then just lucked out on a bounce. I think he had a 25-yard bounce and uh, – uh, twenty yard bounce and the, the kick was totals fifty eight yards, something of that nature. So yeah, I'm giving them an F. And I'm gonna tell you something. I know that Jess got got special teams problems that we're gonna discuss later. You know, uh, 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 later in the season. But Giants show me that they might have some 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 problems too. I mean, where did they get these guys from? Those aren't those aren't even the guys that was on in the preseason, man, Mike. Like, what's going then, on? Some of these some of these acquisitions stuff. are very questionable. And, and um, you know, on my part, I don't understand it. And that's another problem, and it's something that that uh, we we do need to talk about. Actually, um, what, what what are they doing when when a team is is dropping seven guys and picking up putting in a claim on seven guys on cutdown day, the day after cutdown day? That means that they they don't like this roster. It's unheard of. You don't put you, you don't claim seven guys off waivers. Uh, from what I've seen, man, Mike, the, from the young man, the Ray, you know, Raymond, I don't know Raymond's first name, but his last name is Raymond. I didn't see anything that once I thought he did really well returning punts in the preseason. And they cut, they, he's not there. Dude, 
if you are on, on cut down day, you have to get down to 53. The Giants claimed uh, six guys in one day and then another one later on. That's seven guys. That means the Giants only like 46 guys, truly like 46 guys on their roster. And, and if we want to keep having this conversation, let's talk about the fact that they, they released Davis Webb, the so-called quarterback of the future. You know, how, how do Giant fans feel about that? Uh, only you Giant know how fans I feel because I spoke highly of Davis Webb and was like, why the hell do the Giants need to job a quarterback when they use a third-round pick on a quarterback that's not even a damn team? But that's my point. You know, now all of a sudden, uh, we never said that he was the future. You guys said that. You guys made that up. I got no, such a headache right now. Unbelievable. Mind you, he was signed by the, to the Jets practice squad. Yeah. And if you was going to do this, why not go after Teddy Bridgewater? Teddy Bridgewater was out there, Matt Mike. I mean, and yeah, sure as quote as there's, there's really no number two behind Eli Manning. Damn, Tanny was a backup quarterback. Yep. And, and and just to show you how scary it could be, folks, did you not see there was one play where the offensive lineman was pushed right into Eli Manning's knee as he finished the throw? And he They're going to get him killed. They're going to get him killed. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just looked at it, and I was like, you know, it's crazy, man. It's I'm, I'm, crazy. Giving that, I'm giving the special teams. I'm going to give them a D. And the only reason why I'm giving them a D is because the, the, the daggone place kicker saved them from getting an F. That's the only reason why I'm giving them a D. I'll say we'll get an F. Now let's move on to the coaching, Matt, Mike. Three straight running plays, including a third and goal from the eight-yard line. Uh, end the round to Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, end the round? Stupid play call. He also didn't take, also, I did not like the two-point conversion trial, Matt, Mike. I didn't like it. I didn't like um, it. And it was an what? inside run to Saquon Barkley after he ran for 68 damn yards. You got Jonathan Stewart on the sideline who's supposed to be that bruising back. Why not bring him in the game? You, you signed him to that damn question, contract. Roy. I had the same question. And honestly, I think they were just trying to ride momentum. I, th I think they were just trying. I thought that they were just... Uh, uh, I'm not riding momentum. I think just like the fans, the house went crazy. You, I it get it, man, rocking. Mike, but you don't, you don't do, that's not smart. Just no, 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 68 no. damn I, I'm, yards. Like I'm, I'm sure he was gas. I said the same thing. I you just got think that this, they and got I get engulfed it. in it all. He hasn't, looked, he hasn't looked well in the preseason, and he fell behind, you know, Goldman as far as the second back. But you, son, if you're not going to play him, man, Mike, why is he even on the roster? Cut him. He's there. He's there to show these guys. Uh, Gettleman. He was, you know, Gettleman was in Carolina with him, and Gettleman so is there to show these Mike, guys how to be pros. And I'm sure you That's agree with me. Would be to after running a 68 yard touchdown, and he kind of looked gassed when he was finishing off that run. He's lucky oh, that linebacker think, I, was chasing I think it was, him. It was. I think it was a poor decision. I'm just saying that I think Jonathan Stewart is here um, more as a as a as a mentor. Um, than anything else. You know, if you think about it, uh, what did Victor Cruz fail at? Victor Cruz failed at being a mentor to Odell Beckham Jr. Um, 
he he then that's why you ended up having a off season where Odell had to prove himself. They're not trying Dave Gettleman is not trying to go through that with Saquon Barkley. I don't think the kid is wired that way, but he's definitely not going that route. And um that's what Jonathan Stewart is here for. He's a pro and Gettleman knows him. He trusts him. He's not really here for those plays, man. Um, we can say whatever we want. He's just not. Like you said, he looked done in the preseason. He most likely is done. Um, but the coaching staff's got to be smarter than that. Use him as a decoy um, and, and call a little play action or something. Yeah, I you know? know, man. I just would have, if, if you was going to make that run, I would have gave it to, I would have gave it to Jonathan. I would have brought him in and I would have gave it to Jonathan Stewart, man. That's that. And then they, then they called the timeout. To avoid a delay of game penalty at the start of the second half because Eli Manning's headset radio malfunctioned. That wasn't a good look. Yeah, I sort of like him going for it on fourth and two. From a Jacksonville 37 in the third quarter. I thought it was too early to make that kind of decision. Or that type of call. I'm giving I'm giving the coaching staff a, a C plus. A C plus is like a B minus, right? I think that's too generous. Yeah, yeah. I and I'm giving him a C plus, man, Mike, because like you said, there was some plays where he had Eli Manning roll out, and those plays actually I was surprised to see him call that, but when he rolled out, they completed the passes. I thought he had a good enough mixed balance between runs and passes, even though the Giants didn't run the ball well. Can't fault the coach for lack of execution by players. You right, know and I mean? that's why like, I'm giving them that big C plus. That's why I'm giving the coaching staff a C plus. That's why. Yeah. You, you, you coach puts him in, in position to win a game. Um, and that's what he did. If you think about it, they're down there. They're supposed to get the ball back uh, with with little under two minutes to play or a little under one minute to play uh, with a chance to win the game. Uh, coach did his job. I mean, punter, punt returner drops the ball, game's over. That's not on the coaching staff. Um, you know, Eli, Eli, woo, Eric Flowers, you know, Continues, and it's going to be a problem. Uh, he continues to struggle. Can't put that on the coach. Uh, getting Eli off his spots uh, was a smart move. Um, like you said, uh, the two-point conversion, bad idea. Execution was, was poor. That was on the coach. Um, outside of that, I think Betcher did a good job of creating um, uh, pressure. I thought Betcher did a good job of disguising coverages um, in his calls. Um, they did say they were going to attack more. I will say I didn't necessarily see that. Um, not not to the level I expected, but I, I guess maybe you can't blame him for Olivier Vernon being hurt. Uh, did he play it more reserve with his best pass rusher out? Um, hard to play the what if game, like you said. But um, I thought it, I thought it was, I, I I give him a C. I give him a C. And I thought you that's a great point bringing up David Betcher. He 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 called a really good game. On the defensive yeah, so, side so. of the ball. You, you, every point that you brought up, you hit the nail right on the head. Absolutely right, man, Mike. Absolutely right. I spoke so. on all the decisions that were made by Pat Sherman, the calls that he made, but David Betcher did it. He, he called a really solid game on the defensive side of the ball. 
Yeah, like I said, only gave up 13 points. And, and we could sit here and, and blame that on Fournette getting hurt. We could say they still don't have a receiver to replace uh, Marquise Lee. Whatever you want to say. In the end of the day, uh, the Giants went out there uh, without their best pass rusher. The Giants went out there um, and, and, and uh, still held them to 13 points. And, there's, you know, there's no word if he's going to be ready to play in Dallas. I mean, against Dallas. Yeah, no, I, listen, they said high ankle sprain. High ankle sprain is a month. And, and he got hurt, what, going on almost yeah, two, two weeks? Two so. weeks before the season started or three weeks tops. It's either two or three weeks at this point, including, you know, including yesterday. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. Weekend. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think, even if, I, I don't see why they risk it. I, I understand um, he's needed, but listen. Um, these first seven games are going to be brutal. We spoke about that. Uh, as much as you could say, this tough team has schedule a for a three thirteen team, Matt Mike. Very tough schedule. Yeah, there's teams that so, have that. They're playoff teams that have better, that have easier schedules than the Giants. Yes. Yes, there is. So, well, this um, is a lot to talk about, listeners. So, you know, we're back. I'm happy football is here. We're going to we this we we have all season to discuss these things, all season. But Matt, Mike, I want to move on to the next topic, and it's a topic that many of our listeners wanted to discussing and hear our point of view on this subject matter. And this is dealing with Colin Kaepernick's Nike ad. Now, in my opinion, I think that Colin Kaepernick. And his supporters will no longer be shunned by the National Football League. I thought it was a brilliant move by Nike decision makers to sign Kaepernick as his face of just do a campaign. And no matter what you believe in, every individual on a football field will be representing Colin Kaepernick's message on police brutality. Now you may say, well, how is this possible, Lloyd? A simple swoosh does the trick, Matt Mike. Nike signed a contract with the NFL through 2028 to brand all of its clothing, which means every single player's uniform and every piece of official fan apparel will carry a Nike logo. Think about that. It doesn't matter that Kaepernick isn't suiting up to be on national television. Every athlete on every team, hear me out again, will be wearing a Nike jersey. Produced by a company that backs Colin Kaepernick and his cause. And Kaepernick's message will be present in every NFL game, whether you like it or not. Now, you may disagree with his actions, but there's no avoiding him now, listeners. There isn't. And I said to myself, Mad Mike, I was like, well, why would Nike do this now? Why wouldn't they do it when he initially started his protest of police brutality? Why wouldn't they come out with it then? Why are you waiting two years to come out with this? I scratch my head about that, Matt Mike. I do. I don't. I don't. 
Well, let's face it, man, Mike. Before I let, before I give the floor to you, and you give your piece of your piece of mind on this. At the end of the day, millions of Americans still don't see why he did or he's doing what he's doing. They always try to point, oh, you're disrespecting the flag. And I'm sorry for those of you who are Trump supporters. He turned it into that. He turned it into it's him disrespecting the men and women who are for our country. And this is after Colin Kaepernick said that that wasn't the reason why. This is after he continues to say that's not the reason why. And he spoke to somebody that served this country. And asked him what was the right way to go about doing this. And that person told him, sitting down, is, I deem that disrespectful. Take a knee. Take a knee. I have a brother that's a current Marine. And he's done two tours in Iraq and two tours in Afghanistan, listeners. Two tours. And he's still currently serving this country. I wear a Marine backpack on my back every single day that I leave my household. To show my love and support, not only to him, not only to the Marines, but to the men and women that serve this country. And he said, I don't have a problem with it. So when you have men and women that serve this country that don't have a problem with, what is the damn issue with this? What's the issue? I'm done, man. Mike, you get and say your piece. All right. Well, starters, I do want to say uh, I can understand why Nike didn't back him in the beginning. Um, as you heard Nike say, they never, they never stopped uh, endorsing him. They never stopped their payments to him. He's been a Nike client all this time, um, regardless of if he was on the field. They were waiting for the right time. And I'll be honest with you. Um, you, you kind of can't fault them because you, you have to be fair to them. Nobody saw this coming. You didn't know. Um, you, you, you didn't see him never getting a job ever again. You, you, you thought there was an, a, a chance of it happening, but until it actually physically happened, um, like we just finished having this talk with the Giants, what if, right? You, know, you can't play the what if game all the time. Um, so I, I don't fault them there. fact of the matter is, um, he has no one in his corner, right? Or, or so we thought. And Nike just put, you know, a billion dollars, their billion dollar brand, trillion dollar brand, brand they've just put it behind them. So kudos to them. Whether it's a money grab for them, whatever. It, it's, you know, you could say it's a money grab for him too. Um, I'm not mad at it. Now, I do want to say this. Um, he forces us to have a conversation in this country that uh, many of us don't want to have. Um, you don't want to acknowledge um, acknowledging that something has taken place means that you can no longer ignore it, right? You, you can no longer be inactive by acknowledging it. That's why people are upset with him. People are upset that he's forcing us to come to the realization, uh, not the realization, because we know what's going on. We're, he's forcing people to accept it, to admit that this has taken place. And NFL owners, um, they don't want, they don't want this, uh, you know, we save whatever we want. When when you have a guy like Bob McNair, the Houston uh, uh the Houston owner, saying we can't continue to let the you know prisoners run the asylum, that's how he's looking at people. That's how he really looks at people. 
he wouldn't say it if he didn't mean it. You know what I mean? So that that that's that's what what is bothering people. It's not you know the flag. The flag is just an argument that makes people you know redirect what 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 the story should be. And, and not for nothing, um, when you, when when I talk to you or I talk to anybody, the first thing I say is the flag of the United States doesn't just stand for our military. Our military fights for that flag. But the people that live in this country are who, who or, or are the real symbol of that flag. That that flag is a symbol of us. And if somebody doesn't feel like they're treated fairly, if 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 they don't feel like we're getting the same education that we should, and I don't know how. how I mean, you've been watching the news. You saw these parents uh, up in, in Manhattan saying that they, they, these schools shouldn't be open to to everybody. It shouldn't be equal equal rights to everybody. My sister went through that. You know, going to high school. Where you know she didn't come. My mom doesn't live in a, in a rich neighborhood, um, where certain things were available to her, and, and she's got to fight for for her way through. So he's fighting for real for real situations. He's fighting for something that that we're not making up. When you say Black Lives Matter, um, that that's just a made up. It's not a made up slogan. It's not. It, it matters. Maybe maybe you know all lives matter, but it's not something that that's bogus. Um, the, the last thing I want to say about it, uh, from a Nike standpoint, I thought Nike was on the money. Um, I didn't know what to expect. I thought this was going to be an ad solely about him. This Nike ad was done amazing. It, it really was. It was done amazing. The message was pure. The message was not about Colin Kaepernick, as, as we all thought and that all the outrage was. The, the, it was about all people. It, it was their dream crazy. And, uh, um, Ads and, and for you, for those who, who buy Nike, they know about the ads because the ads have been all over the place. And I, I don't think it's, it's a crazy question. Uh, you, you know, in the end of the day, everything is impossible until you, you, you know, everything is, is possible. And, and that's what they're saying. If someone tells you it's impossible, it's not. Every dream is achievable. It depends on how hard you work to attain it. So what I'm going to say to all these people that supposedly never going to support Nike, the people that were burning their, their their sneakers, right? How many of those sneakers look like they was 10 years old? How many people was burning their sneakers that, that look like they went and spent the 120, 130 bucks on, on brand new sneakers? Nah, man, you, you, you stopped supporting Nike a long time ago. The facts are just facts. You were just burning it for show. But I will ask you this. Do you still buy Reynolds products? Do you still buy Reynolds aluminum foil and Reynolds wrap and saran wrap and stuff like that? I bet you do. Go look at your history. Do a history lesson. Go look up Reynolds. If you're supporting them and you stop supporting Nike, you're a hypocrite. That's all I'm going to say to everybody. Yeah, and not only that, you, you know, it's a great point you bring up with the, why don't you donate the sneakers to homeless people? Or to veterans for that matter. Because there's so many veterans that have served this country, man, Mike, that have been disrespected at this point. This country doesn't care about veterans. They may perceive like they do. I see it all the time. In the great city of New York that we that we live in. That we move around in, Matt Mike. I know so many veterans that have fought for this country. You they, they use you, they spit you up, and they throw you out. There's no, there's no future when you leave it. There's none. The only way to have a future is if you're in it. So many veterans with post-traumatic syndrome and all this war is real. 
It's real. I've never, I've never experienced it. And because of the brave men and women, I've never had to experience it. Some countries, you don't have no choice. And at some point, we didn't, you know, that you, you, there was a possibility that you get drafted. But we do have a choice to a certain extent. So, you know, it's a touchy subject. That was a great point that you brought up. And me and Matt Mike, we have a platform to voice our opinions. And some of the things we say, listeners, you're not going to like. And some of the things we say you're going to love. And we appreciate the support. But for those of you who don't want to rock with us because of what we say or how we feel, bye. Bye. Because you're not here for the right reasons. And we don't want you here if you're not here for the right reasons. And it's simply to have an open mind. Simply to have an open mind. And with that, we're going to close the show out, man, Mike. We're going to close out. Listen, I want to thank the listeners for tuning in as always. We appreciate and love your support. Please continue to give that to us. And we want to thank our producer, Ayo Omar Baker, for rolling this thing out, keeping it going, and putting in his hard work, effort, time, and dedication into this as well. So listeners, we're going to try to take some questions from you guys next week. We're going to try to. But until then, please have a safe and blessed week. And me and Mad Mike, a hook up with you in seven days. So, hey, yo, let's roll, baby. And just like that, much like my cup of coffee, this show is over, finished, finito, done, we're out of here. Thank y'all for listening. If you subscribed, much appreciated. If not, please do so, because brand new episodes drop every single Monday, and I would hate to see you miss something. LloydAThompson.com, part of my fresh.com. Subscribe, follow, at LloydAThompson on Instagram and Twitter. We're out of here. Peace.